Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small-cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. Part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experience, mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice, and life away from the share price and investment decision-making. Today's guest is Tony Rivera. He is the Managing Director of Azure Minerals, ASX Code, write this one down, AZS. Tony, appreciate you coming in. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Tim. You're a busy man. Yes, life is very busy at the moment. And how is it for Azure at the moment? Uh, things are chugging along just nicely. Yeah, it's going really well. Um, obviously, we've, we've, our main focus is the Andover project, and for the last two and a half years, we've been exploring it for nickel and having some great success. And uh, Andover's located just outside of the town of Roburn, near Caratha. And uh, we've, we've, as I said, two and a half years of drilling for nickel. Well, we've also now discovered lithium. And so life has become very busy and uh, and very exciting. Yeah, and lithium certainly being the way forward. I've had a couple of guests who come in here right now. So um, when, you, when you're exploring and trying to find something that you're focused on doing, and as you said, you've been up there for more than a couple of years now, and something like this happens, how much of a pivot do you have to do as a company? Well, as a company, as an exploration company, you always need to be flexible. Uh, you always need to have options and, and recognise the options when they exist and, and you need to be able to turn corners and, and change directions quite quickly. Otherwise, you, you're going to become moribund and nothing happens. Mm. Is this clearly the, the, the lithium find and, and that, that part of this journey now? Does it prolong the, the whole project up there and is it something when you were big picturing thinking that it wasn't going to be as long or, um, you know, did you have a time frame on being up there at this stage and this, this clearly extended that? Oh, it's clearly extended it for sure. That's uh, um, No, there, there's no time limit set on these things. And when, when we did the initial deal, which was July in 2020, so three years ago now, um, obviously nickel was the main focus and uh, we've had great success. We found two nickel deposits and those nickel deposits are currently being studied in terms of bringing them into production. Um, but then to go and find some lithium, and it wasn't found by accident, we actually went out there looking for it. Sure. And, and uh, the geological team up there was was very successful in identifying it. But what what took us by surprise was the the, the volume of the amount of the these rocks that host the lithium, these pegmatites, um, and to find so many of them and to have such high grade at surface is, is quite unprecedented in Western Australia. So we're talking, uh, when you say you, we knew what we were looking for and we went out to try and find it, how does that come about? Is it, do you get a vibe with, with those who are working around that area that you might be in this space right now? I mean, And how far away from the nickel exploration did you have to go to, to get your hands onto the lithium? Well, we're... we're the only company that's in that part of the world busy exploring for uh, for nickel and for lithium. Um, and so we didn't have anyone around us that we were trying to copy. Sure. Um, no, but what we were doing is that uh, we have a, uh, a couple of people in our office who research historical reports. And they, they found some work that was done back in the 1950s and 1960s by the, uh, the government geologists who were taking samples and they identified these pegmatite rocks with lithium in them and those samples, fascinatingly enough, were taken into the uh, WA Museum. So they're here in Perth. And so our geologists went down, tracked down those samples, found some dusty basement, and, uh, and some <laughs> old crusty old guy down there was looking after them. And uh, they dug out these samples and we looked at them and we go, well, that's the real deal. So let's go find where they were taken on the ground. 
and they went up there, our geologists went up there on the ground and found these outcropping rocks with high-grade lithium in it. So it was a bit of a historical research that got us onto the first at first. Okay, so then tell us the reaction inside the business and inside the workings in the office where you've got those two people who are doing that type of research. I mean, I can't equate to anything else but the sporting world, which is where I'm from, but I can imagine there was cock-a-hooping everywhere, Tony. Oh, very much so, yes. They got very excited very quickly. How excited? And, <laughs> what, what's their reaction? Do they just get pumped and does yeah. everyone go, well done? Um, because, I mean, that's clearly what they're there to do, but at the same time is that's, to strike it, so to speak, to strike that, that's a huge buzz. Yeah, it was a huge buzz, but what, what really cemented it was when they went out onto the ground and they found these rocks sticking out of the ground with all the right-looking minerals in it which contain the, the, contain the lithium. They really were super excited and they uh, came back to see me and I'm, I, and I'm an exploration geologist as well, so I mean, I get excited too. Um, but these guys and, and girls that we've got working up there, they were very pumped with what they found. For someone who's been in the industry, and you've had a few rodeos in your time, of course, over 30 years of experience, um, this generation and this, the lithium generation and the, 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 that, that sort of area that we're going into now, what does that do for you and your longevity in the game? Well, I've been, in, as you said, over 30 years of, of working in here and first half of that was as an exploration geologist and the second half has been running a company. Um, and you see a lot of trends over, the, over those years. And, and one of the, the, the classic funny ones that I, I've got is that there's a company called Liontown Resources, which has got a very, very large lithium resource just outside of uh, north of Leonora. And it's currently, yesterday was, was announced uh, that there was going to be, a, uh, or a takeover bid was being discussed with from a, an American company called Almar. So what um, Liontown have got their resources in are these large pegmatites. Well, I... Myself and another geologist, Terry Grammer, we drilled those pegmatites in 1997 trying to find gold. <laughs> and so, because everyone was looking for gold that, back yeah. then. And so we, we went drilling and we were cursing those pegmatites because there's so many of them, they were so hard. And lithium wasn't even a word that was even being considered way back then. So um, yeah, things come in cycles or there's new trends that come along and, and that's what makes mineral exploration so exciting. No doubt about that. In a moment, we're going to talk more in regards to Azure Minerals. ASX code AZS, Tony Rivera, is our guest. And shortly we'll be taking uh, you on a bit of a personal journey in regards to your time mm. in the industry. Um, you talk about, you know, uh, the, the running a business and, and, and being a um, geologist and stuff. How do you marry the two together? Do you still like getting up in the field and getting your hands dirty or are you on an office-bound uh, computer laptop type of guy nowadays? Oh, I still like getting into the field and I still like walking the hills and kicking the rocks and, and talking to the geologists and looking at the drill core that they get out. But unfortunately, my life these days is mostly office-bound and particularly when you have some exciting discoveries like we've had and, and I have to tell the story all the time. So yep. I'm out promoting the company and promoting our projects. So there's a lot more time in the office these days than I ever do get than getting out into the field. And you and you're comfortable with that. I mean, obviously that's you know that's that's now what you have to do, as you say, uh, being the man at the helm of it and the like. But do you still get that urge? Do you get the itch? Oh yes, yeah, I still do, and I still like to get out into the field, as I said, and going walking the the hills with the geologists, looking at the rocks. Um, but I only have to do it one once or twice 
one or two days a month maybe. <laughs> that gets me my fix and I'm back to the office. Um, Mark Creasy is involved in regards to the Andover. I'm stand corrected on that. Is that correct? That, I mean, that is it's correct. It's a 60-40 split or something that's along right, those lines? That's right, that's correct. Uh, just a remarkable man in this space, isn't he? He's just been a loyal servant. I think he's in his 80s now, but he's just been incredibly gifted in this space. And, and when he buys in, for the want of a better word, or is attached to a project, it's very comforting for everybody. Yes, he's got a great deal of success and he's also got a great deal of, deal of persistence. So he's has controlled or owned a lot of uh, mineral titles, mineral prospects around Western Australia for a very long time and because he's a believer and he's a believer in those prospects actually coming to fruition and, and his track record is second to none in terms of either directly finding by himself or having... Uh, companies that he supports finding major deposits and it's it's really exciting to have him on board with us. Uh, he and I get on very well together and uh, he likes nothing better for me to go to his office and tell him all about what we're up to. Uh, good stuff. Uh, we're chatting with uh, Tony Rivera, of course, Azure Minerals uh, in our ASX Market Goss podcast currently. And don't forget, please uh, leave a comment, like us uh, and subscribe to us if you like what you're hearing. AZS is the ASX code. We talked about your journey and as much as you want, you know, you can talk about um, past companies you've worked for and represented. I want to talk to you about some of your great achievements and everyone that I've spoken to in the lead up to uh, today's chat has talked about Cosmos and Cosmos Deeps is, is one of your great achievements. Is that a fair assessment or have you had better or is that something that you hang your hat on? Well, it's certainly one that I hang my hat on, yes. It was it was a great uh, discovery. It was not just myself. There was another guy, Terry Grammer, who unfortunately is no longer with us. But Terry and I were the two geologists who, who did discover Cosmos and then and then a bit later Cosmos Deeps as well. And then further exploration by by Jubilee Mines found a lot more nickel deposits in that same camp. So it's a, it was a, yes, it's a fantastic success. And here we are, twenty years later, twenty five years later, and and that project is still going and will probably go for another fifteen or twenty years as well. So that's a great success. But there are a number of other um, deposits that I either found directly or, or I led the team that found them, uh, which became operating mines. So for example, uh, there's the King of the Hills gold mine in uh, just north of Leonora. Um, there was one, a gold mine in the middle of the Tanami Desert called Windy Hill, uh, which uh, was mined as well. And so, yes, there's been a number of good successes along the way and some gold, some nickel. And uh, and then we moved over to Mexico and we had good success there as well. Plenty of time over in Mexico, um, 14, 15 years over there. Uh, talk about that, that part of the journey for you personally. Yes, certainly. Well, after I left Jubilee Mines and we, we set up uh, this company, it was originally called Nickel Australia, and uh, we were obviously exploring for nickel in Australia, um, but we didn't have a great deal of success. And the market was turning in, this is in 2005, 2006, and there was a little bit of a doldrums. And so we, we decided we would look elsewhere and we looked around, where else in the world is there very good prospectivity and a very strong mining culture? Um, we, we settled on some projects that were offered to us in Mexico, and we went over there and acquired those projects and uh, we spent 15 years exploring over there. Um, we, had a, we had a lot of success in terms of finding good deposits, but they were never quite big enough to get into the, to become a producing mine. Um, so technical successes uh, didn't translate, unfortunately, into economic successes. But, you know, we had a, a silver deposit, which was a fantastic one sticking out of the ground on top of a hill and, and some gold deposits as well. So, yeah, it was a, a good time over there. It's a great country to uh, for mining. Then COVID came. If COVID hadn't come, would you still be in Mexico? No, no. We, we'd run our course in Mexico. Um, COVID was an opportunity 
that we could use to um, leave Mexico, put it on the shelf for a while, come back to Australia and pick up some projects over here, which is what we did. Um, and when those projects, we, which we put on the shelf for about 12 months, uh, while we evaluated what to do with them, uh, we then decided that it's probably best if they were being run by a Canadian company. Um, that's in their part of the world and, and the Canadian investors are very very confident on investing in Mexico and Mexican assets. So we, um, we sold those projects to a Canadian junior um, who is currently working on them as we speak. Uh, we're, we're a major shareholder in that company. We own 20% of that company. So we will still have some exposure to the upside with their future success. But we just made the reason, the, the decision. COVID was, a, it was an opportunity to, to exit Mexico and pivot back into Western Australia. And we came back here. I, um, I approached Mark Creasy and asked him if he had any uh, projects that he might vend into Azure. And he said, yes, he had the Andover Nickel project and a couple of other gold projects. Um, we haven't done much on those gold projects to this point, but uh, Andover just became the, uh, uh, basically an overnight success. Are you talking about uh, the others being Barton, Turner River, Coongan? Is that are they the others? Yes, those are the others. Yeah. Yes. So when you say you're not, they're not sort of. Your focus is pretty much on Andover. Just tell us about where they sit in the scheme. Oh, well, of well, Turner River is two is is two exploration license applications uh, just south of Port Hedland. But because there's still applications, um, they've not yet been granted by the Mines Department. We can't do any work on that though that area at this stage. Coongan is is one that's um, that Mark Creasy had had for quite a few years. Uh, there'd been a little bit of work done. There was some sniffs of gold and, and other metals out there. So we've done a, a couple of field trips out there. We've got some minor encouragement and we will continue to, to look at it, um, but it's certainly not a focus. Um, but Barton is, is 100% azure. That's not one that we acquired from Creasy. We, we acquired that ourselves. It's nearly 900 square kilometres of land in the sort of the Leonora uh, Kukaini district um, of central uh, Western Australia. And that's it's an area where there's a great deal of uh, not only exploration and mining activity, but also corporate activity going on at the moment. So we have a large piece of land in that area where we have hit some really good gold mineralisation with drilling. And uh, we'll see how that progresses in just in terms of sort of uh, corporate or M&A activity. The audience listening to this podcast, and I'm one of them, still gets that buzz when you hear people say they're they're mining for gold. Gold has that aura about it, the word gold. And I don't know whether gold, the mineral gold, is held in such high esteem as all the others. And we talk of nickel and we talk of lithium now, of course, which is where this space is for Azure. Where does gold sit in the success stories of companies like yours? Oh, it's very high, very high, sits very highly. Um, gold is uh, is a relatively uh, straightforward exploration uh, needed to find for, for gold. It, it's it's simple. It's a simple metal. It's by itself in in the rock usually. Um, it's also exciting. People get really pumped up when you make a good gold discovery. Certainly over the years, I think there's many many more companies in Western Australia have been gold explorers than than for other metals. Are we seeing a change there though? There is a small, there are, yes, there is a bit of a change happening now in terms of um, uh, companies that are looking for other opportunities like your, your nickel, lithium, rare earths and things like that. But there is still probably at least half the junior companies in Western Australia would still be gold focused. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're, we're talking about gold when when, we, when I was a boy and my mum and dad bought me a metal detector, you know, I'd go down the Cottesloe Beach, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, and I was yeah. searching for gold. 
I was, you know, if I found a ring top of 10 cents, that was my gold. Yeah. Um, you've been Prospector of the Year back in 2000. Yes, how, that's yeah, right. How do you win that title? Well, the, Is it like a Miss West Coast, yeah, you know, or a... You know? Last man standing? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, it's a, an award that's presented by the AMEC, Association of Mining and Exploration Companies, which is a an Australian... Um, I guess an association, industry association, and uh, and every year they award a uh, make an award to the best discovery that they've seen, and so I think they started this back in the mid nineteen nineties, and uh, in we discovered the Cosmos nickel deposits in nineteen ninety seven, um, and then by two thousand those deposits had become had gone into production, and there was a nickel mine operating, and that ticked one of the the, the major boxes that they that AMEC want. So yeah, it's Terry Grammer and myself with a co-awarded that uh, that uh, prospector of the year award and it's yes it's a it's a, a good achievement it's an outstanding achievement so, so I was thinking prospector of the year but I'm dumbing it down a little bit for you I appreciate this tone I hope you appreciate this that you had a metal detector because <laughs> I watch those I watch yeah. those online I watch those on the YouTube I watch yeah. quest I watch all that sort of stuff um do you still do you giggle at those type of people who are looking for their the big nugget and stuff like that, or, or is that just part of our industry? That's the grassroots of the industry. Well, it absolutely is the grassroots of the industry, and we we still see them out there in the bush, and and we often get uh, requests because they a prospector with a with a metal detector can't just walk onto any old land. I've yeah. seen a bit of that. There's yeah. a bit of argy bargy. Yes, but if they ask permission of the uh, of the leaseholder, which would be say the exploration or mining company. We very rarely ever say no. So we have people... So why on, do you say yes? Because it's... What happens if they find it's the big a, one? It's, a, it's not a community service, but it's it's being, it's being, <laughs> it's being a good person, a you know, good corporate <laughs> company. For example, you know, they, they do come out to um, the Andover Project. They've, we've given them permission to go at Barton. We've given them permission to go on at Coongan. Um, and do they have to keep you informed with fines? Yeah, they let us know, but they can keep whatever they find. And when they find something half decent, do you say, thanks very much, on you go, move on now, and then start to get the big kids in? Well, I, to this point, no one's found anything that's half decent. No wonder you keep letting them in. Uh, you're too smart for that. Uh, okay, let's take it back to the Tony Rivera story. Um, what's your coffee of choice, Tony? Oh, you see, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. Tea? Yes. What's your tea of choice? Uh, peppermint tea. Peppermint tea, nice work by you. Have you got the work-life balance correct, uh, I like to think so. You'd have to ask my wife that. Oh, I do hear that well. a lot. Yeah, and and let's go back to when you wake up in the morning and you have a shave and you've had your Wheaties and you're about to head off to work. What's the first work task you do? Oh, I would be. I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is walk the dogs. Nice. The second thing I do is check my emails. Gotcha. And I'm on the laptop. Yeah, early in the morning before I go to the office. Yep. And is that just keeping an eye on? Markets overseas, other companies, other announcements. Is that all that sort of stuff? Yeah, that stuff. But also, um, we get a lot of uh, emails that come in you know, late at night or during the night. What we also had is when we were operating in Mexico, and I was based here in Perth. Obviously, they're on a completely different time zone. So I got into the habit of first thing I would do in, in the morning was check the met, the emails that would come in from Mexico, and I would respond to them because they would still be in the office over there. Um, we don't have an office in Mexico anymore, but I haven't got out of the habit of doing that just yet. Yeah. Um, uh, how many people work in the, uh, your offices? 
Well, we've got uh, 10 people in the office here in, in West Perth, um, and some of those work in the field, geologists who go up into the field, but they are a Perth-based position. But then the, a lot of the people that we have working at Andover are doing FIFO. So they uh, they don't often come into the office, they work out of the uh, in the field at Andover or in the office that we have up at Roeburn. Mm. Um, what's your office as, as the boss of the company, as the MD of the company? What's your, what's your philosophy on good office management, good office vibe, um, Every, you know, are you, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm envisaging you being a very empowering type of man. Everyone's got a role to do. Everyone has a, a task to do in, in their respective roles. I mean, how important is office synergy in the industry? Oh, that's very important, very important. You can't operate in an office if you don't get on with the people that are in that office. And so we, uh, we have a very good office where, as I said, there's 10 or 12 people who work there and they everyone gets on. Um, basically, as far as the, uh, the, the operation of the office goes, the, the board, myself and the other directors, we, we set the objectives for the company going forward and then I will brief the, uh, the senior management team on what our objectives are and it, then it's up to them, those, those senior managers, managers to uh, implement the strategies or design the strategies and budgets and work programs to get those approved and then implement them with their teams. Would you describe Azure as a successful company? It's, it's had good success along the way and it's had some ups and downs along the way. But what we've got now at the Andover project, um, the, the nickel's good, the lithium looks really good. So I think, I think on the back of these lithium discoveries, yes, and uh, Azure is going to be a very successful company. How do companies and investors survive the downs that you mentioned? And they're always... They're always will always be downs, and there have been in the past. Um, so the, that's what the markets do. You know, the markets are up, markets are down. Uh, sometimes it's easy to raise funds to, to go and do exploration. Sometimes it's very difficult. So we go from, uh, if we're successful, then we can go out and raise money, we can employ people. Um, if you're unsuccessful, then uh, unfortunately you don't get the money and you have to let people go. So that's that's the, just the industry that we're in. It always is booms and busts. It's a long game, isn't it? Oh, very much so, yes. Sometimes you do have that sort of a year, um, that five-year plan, that 10-year plan, the, the way down the track plan. You know, I'm sure there's all different horses for courses in regards to that. Away from the job and away from walking the dogs and looking online and all that sort of stuff, what's downtime for you like? What, what, what are your interests? Um, well, my wife and I are very keen gardeners. Yep. So you know, we, we're, we have the garden at home in City Beach, and yep. so we, we spend a fair bit of time there. We've also got three sons who are all married with children of their own, so we spend a lot of time with the grandkids. Best and, part of the world. That, that's so much fun. Yeah, um, And, yeah, and we spend a lot of time. We either, you know, they come to our house or we go to their houses or down to the beach or whatever. So there's a lot of that, that sort of activity going on. I think that the biggest uh, priority for myself and my wife would be family. Hundred percent, and so it should be. So that's a, that's a fantastic balance. What what does the garden look like? What's in the garden? Are you a are you, are you a roses man? Are you a bit of a lawn man? Do you like it? Have you got lots of grass? Do you like the <laughs> we, grass? We certainly have. Uh, we've got some roses there flowering away, but uh, we've got a section of the garden which has been turned over into veggie patch. Nice. So we make a, we do we do grow a lot of vegetables in the backyard. What's your, what's your piece de resistance? When oh, it comes we'd to have the. Tomatoes. Yeah, good yeah, tomatoes. Got... See, I, I, we had bugs. We get bugs. I'm I'm not far from City Beach, but yeah. we, we're bugs. Yeah, we... We've had a hugely successful summer. 
with a, uh, a whole variety, different whole bunch of different varieties of tomatoes, you know, cherry tomatoes yeah. and grapes and then the big romas and things like that. We had them all growing and uh, had a huge, and that was a, that's another, a very bountiful harvest. And every time the grandkids would come over, they'd grab a bucket and they'd be out there picking tomatoes. And not many made it into the bucket. <laughs> they'd be eating most of them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right, apart from tomatoes, what else you've, what, what else is growing? Oh, there's a bunch. What have we got out there now? We've got beans, we've got... Uh, Chilies, we've got um, spring onions, we have potatoes, some sweet potatoes are growing in any there. Any fruit? As well. Any fruit? Uh, we've got apple, yeah, lemon trees and nice. um, lime and uh, mandarin. Nice, yeah, we've just got the passion fruit cranking up now and it's starting oh, to good. take. Yeah, I'm very yeah. happy. It's getting along the pool fence, which is even a little provider there, which is brilliant. Um, anything else to you? Are you a movie watcher? Are you a sports fan? Um, are you a reader? Oh, definitely a reader, and uh, but usually. The books that I read would be um, considered to be um, not too, not technical books, you know, the, uh, yeah, adventure type books, anyways, yep. things like that. Yep. Um, in terms of TV, it's sport. And uh, my family are very strong rugby fans, rugby union fans, um, uh, Western Force membership and the like. They're struggling um, a little bit. They are struggling a little bit. They always have. I love the Western Force. Um, but also, we're, uh, we're members of the Associates Rugby. Club down yep. at uh, in Swanbourne, yep. and uh, we've been. I started playing with them 1983, and uh, you play with a mate of mine called David Bowles. Yeah, I know David very you know well. Yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dumb Bowles and I went to school together. He was oh, my right. captain in yep. uh, in cricket. I played. Yeah. I played in the same team as him back in 83-84. One of the hardest heads yeah. in the world, Bowlesy. No, uh, he's, he's he's really good. So and my three sons played down there, and and now um, I think I've got three grandsons who are also running around wow. as well. Wow. So, good. Uh, okay. Uh, short-term, mid-term, long-term for Azura. Uh, for those who are listening to the podcast right now, give us the short-term approach right now. You're talking about the success yep. of this lithium find and, and of course, nickel, of course, up there with Andover. Um, are, are we, is your focus predominantly right there in that yes, space? it is right there. Okay. So there, we are running a dual pathway strategy at the moment. So we're, we're looking at both the nickel and the lithium. So we have uh, a, a nickel-focused team of geologists and technical people who are not only doing exploration, but they're also undertaking the development study. So we're doing a, a pre-feasibility study at the moment on the, on the nickel to see, look into the economics of building a, a standalone nickel mine and processing operation. And then the, we have another team looking at the lithium and they're busy drilling at the moment and that's going to be expanded a lot over the next few months. Um, the lithium is certainly the most exciting of the commodities that we're looking at at the moment. And I would say that uh, short term, as we're talking in this year, 2023, um, we'll probably have four or five or six drill rigs drilling throughout the rest of the year with the intention of being able to demonstrate that uh, that the project has the potential to be a really large, world's, world-class, world world-standard um, lithium deposit. Yeah, I'm hearing that in your voice and, and there's a real pep in your step in regards to this. So obviously it's an exciting time. Very much so. And I, I might just briefly mention that uh, a few weeks ago we had a, a new investor come onto the, uh, the share registry of Azure and it's called SQM. SQM is the, either the world's largest or second largest lithium producer. They, they're a Chilean company, um, and they approached us and said they would like they really like what we've we've got there. And this was very early days, and we'd not yet put a drill hole into into the lithium. Um, and they offered to uh, to buy twenty percent of our company for twenty million dollars, which was a, a a big premium to our share price at that time. So they've now come on board, and to have the world's one of the world's largest uh, lithium producers as our biggest shareholder. And to be offering um, their uh, their technical advice 
in terms of that exploration is, is a huge endorsement for the for the prospectivity of the project. No doubt about that. So let's talk about the long term. And, and apart from Andover, as we've mentioned already, Barton, Turner River and Coonga, they've got a bit of work to do in all of those spaces. But the long-term goal, and I don't put years on it, you may want to do that. For, for those listening and possible investors and those, uh, what's the long-term goal for all four of those sites? Uh, well, let's start with the one, one we know the least about, which is Turner River, because it's still applications. Sure. Um, just south of uh, Port Hedland has pegmatite sticking out of the ground, which uh, historical um, lithium and tantalum workings in them. So that, that's probably very prospective. For, for lithium in its own right. Um, it's in an area which is immediately south of the industrial, the Port Hedland industrial area where they're currently building, looking to build some uh, lithium refineries. So if we were to be successful at Turner River, then there may be a, a ready market right next door mm. to the project. Um, then Coongan, very early days, Greenfields, uh, grassroots project uh, needs a lot of work and, uh, and we'll continue to look at it. On, a, on what we might call a campaign basis. We go out there, do a little bit of work, go back and think about things for a while. Barton is a really interesting gold pro play. It's in an area where there's a lot of merger and acquisition activity underway at the moment. For example, um, St. Barbara and Genesis are looking to merge together and they've got the ground right next door to us. Uh, there's another one, Bright Star is, is merging with uh, Kings West as well, so to, to put a million ounces of gold together. So. We're right in the middle of that. We've got a seat at that table. We will continue to do work on Barton and, and grow the, um, the our knowledge base of, of the gold on that prospect. But I have to say that probably 98% of our focus is back at Andover, and that's where, where we need to be. Going forward, um, drilling at Andover will be uh, ongoing with multiple drill rigs on the lithium for the foreseeable future, um, with the intention of, of, of of advancing it as absolutely as quickly as we can because there is a window of opportunity now over the next probably seven or eight years to build lithium mines and feed into the uh, into the battery space around the world. Um, and Western Australia is one of those tier one uh, mining jurisdictions which is um, very acceptable to Europe, the Europeans and it's very acceptable to the Americans. So um, they are becoming more a lot more selective on where they acquire their raw materials from. And so if we can find ourselves a, a large lithium deposit and actually bring it to production, then uh, being, being that it's in Western Australia is a real bonus. It's been a great chat. Uh, Tony Rivera, uh, Azura Minerals, is in uh, for the podcast. We're about to wrap it up. What makes a good MD? Oh, that's a really good question. Um Persistence, perseverance, and and uh, and belief, um, self-belief, and also belief in your team and the people that you got working for you. Um, uh, you need to have uh, great patience, and you need to be able to um, convince people that the pathway you're on is the right pathway. Before we let you go, pitch. You've done a pretty good job so far telling us how, how exciting things are up there at Andover and the like and the Chilean buy-in as well in recent times. Tell us why people should listening should be that excited if they were to invest. Um, if the, um, the lithium um, part of the Andover project comes to fruition, if we find ourselves a very large lithium deposit there, then it's highly likely that uh, one of the major players in the in the lithium space worldwide would be taking a very close look at as you are going forward. Other companies that are uh, maybe 12 months more advanced than us have gone from having a market capitalization of maybe 
$50 million to well north of a billion, $2 billion. Um, our current market cap is around about $130 million. If we're successful, then it's there's no reason why our the value of our company shouldn't be up 10 times, 20 times higher. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing that of Azura Minerals as well. And the, the future looks exciting and I'm sure people have enjoyed hearing you and your journey so far today. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tim. It's a pleasure. Tony Rivera is our, has been our guest from Azura Minerals, of course. Thanks for jumping on the ASX Market Podcast. And just a reminder that uh, we'll keep digging and we will keep diving, trying to come up with some absolute little hidden gems behind our guests. And of course, you can follow us on all the formats, of course, and don't forget... Uh, like us, comment on us, subscribe to us, wherever that may be, not just the platform that you're listening to right now. I'm talking of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, RSS.com as well. As I mentioned, please give us your feedback. This has been ASX Market Goss, and we appreciate the time today of Tony Rivera from Azure Minerals. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under securities laws of such jurisdiction.